Listeners, we are very fortunate now to welcome Yannick Belzil, a narrative designer at Tribute Games, here with us to talk about Shredder's Revenge Dimension Shellshock DLC. Yannick, this is your second time on the show. Could not be more happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure, Luke. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about uh, Dimension Shellshock, and I want to get to some of the goodness that comes from that. But first, uh, we last spoke a little over a year ago uh, on the eve of release for Shredder's Revenge. And since then, uh, the game has sold a million plus. Uh, it, it's won awards. Uh, I know I have a blast with it. What's it been like this last year to watch the journey of Shredder's Revenge since launch? Uh, it's been really uh, uh, exciting and gratifying. We uh, put our heart and soul and uh, uh, childhood passion into making that game, and uh, it felt like it was uh, uh, received in the spirit in which it was offered. So that's really, really nice. Also, the actual uh, success uh, was also really nice because we got a bit more known out there. Tribute Games, uh, his profile has raised up a bit, which is really nice. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and to know that people get uh, such a big kick out of it was uh, really gratifying uh, as well. So it's, and also like uh, uh, we just came out with a DLC and uh, uh, we see a lot of reaction about it. So knowing that people are still playing it, still care that the uh, our announcement still make some sort of headlines and there's still interest for it is also uh, quite exciting. So it's been nothing but good stuff uh, ever since. What's been really neat for me uh, as a, a Turtles fan, I guess you would say, has been since Shredder's Revenge, there, there was Cowabunga Collection, which I think a lot of Turtle fans loved, and those games complemented so well to one another. Uh, we had the new movie in Mutant mm-hmm. Mayhem. Uh, the announcement of a, the TV show, now the DLC. It really feels like we're in a bit of a Turtles renaissance of sorts. Yeah, that's. Uh, we also feel that we're we're lucky to ride that wave. Uh, uh, Timing-wise, I guess it might look like we set it off, but mm-hmm. uh, I imagine that it was just a bunch of plans that allow that just happened to align correctly, like uh, for the, the the cosmos. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean. You know, and there was still a lot of turtle stuff uh, before us. I mean, I still, I have not caught up with the recent the recent issues, but I love the IDW comic. I think they are doing like an awesome version. Uh, people are really hyped about you know the last issue and sort of the the, the trade paperback release of the last Ronin, which is also like a really awesome book. Like I got to meet Kevin Eastman uh, last summer at a convention in Montreal, so it was really gratifying to just like. Uh, tell him how much of an impact he had on my life and uh, uh, and just like uh, bask in his glory. So mm-hmm. there was always like good uh, turtle stuff coming out, but now we are in the, we're in really nice company right now, which is really cool. It is really cool. And uh, it's cool to me to hear you talk about, particularly as a narrative designer, the IDW comics and uh, the last Ronin and stuff. Cause I know the last Ronin game was just announced and I'm on volume three of the IDW. It was mm-hmm. actually shredders revenge uh, that got me kickstarted into reading the IDW comics. Cause I'd read the Mirage collection and stuff. Um, and so that's really neat to hear. How much would you say the kind of the external stimuli, like, like the IDWs or the Mirage comics or, or the, the movies informed uh, you as the narrative designer for Shredder's Revenge, and then I'm sure Dimension Shellshock. 
Uh, they uh, inform it a lot because uh, one thing that we uh, took upon ourselves on uh, Shredder's Revenge is even though like the main focus or I guess lens of uh, Shredder's Revenge is the 1987 cartoon, mm-hmm. we really want to put ideas and notions and uh, references of... Um, we want Shredder's Revenge to sort of uh, shake hands with every other versions of the Turtles or with the wider uh, uh, TMNT universe uh, and references and stuff like that. So that's why, you know, like we have a, a lot of uh, palette swaps uh, in the DLC that are like representative of previous series, of previous movies, some action figures and stuff like that. So for me, it's really, I guess professionally, it's important to see, uh, oh, what are the other versions out there of the Turtles and what's being made? And But also, I sort of want to create, like, a, we want to create something that agrees with all of it and that becomes a big tent for everyone who loves the Turtles. Uh, it's a, My main inspiration for that comes from the 2017 uh, DuckTales animated series, like, uh, that they did a couple of years ago that was uh, absolutely brilliant, but that would have references to the NES game, but also references to some red in Sweden only Donald Duck comics, like they would have those in there, but they would also have references to classic Karl Barks, the 90s Ducktail cartoon as well. So they would just try to have it all together as a nice uh, universe of ducks, I guess. And uh, we wanted to do the same with the turtles. Like, so hopefully we have like a bunch of different flavors that people will like. You guys really do seem to to touch on a number of different eras of TMNT fandom uh, with Dimension Shellshock. And I know some of the, those palettes are coming out to everybody with the game, whether they have Shell, Shellshock or not. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, there are five palettes available as a, uh, as a game update. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a, a whole bunch more if you get the DLC. But yeah, there are a, a couple of them that are available if you have not... Uh, Partaken, uh, taken the chance of uh, getting a DLC yet. Mm-hmm. Something that was really neat for me was to see the different elements of fandom that were represented. And uh, I got a kick out of the, one of the first levels in Dimension Shellshock being called Mirage. Would you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, the background there and, and creating that, that visual? Uh, yeah, well, the Mirage uh, Dimension, well, that's one of the ideas behind the, the, the survival mode and calling it Dimension Shellshock was that we can have uh, characters skip through dimensions and doing so we can put uh, a lot of references or uh, visual ideas that our artist will enjoy like constructing as a level and, um, and and drawing stuff like that. So for the Mirage dimension, like for us, it was a no-brainer. We wanted to have a, a dimension that uh, looked like an old black and white comic book, which is where the turtle comes from. And we wanted to sort of have um, sort of a urban a street level background where you'd have uh, um, you'd have like Mondo Gecko and uh, and Half Court in the background because like we mentioned like. Mondo Gecko with a big stereo, like that feels like a late 80s, 90s visual that's appropriate mm-hmm. to the time period. And uh, we love, uh, and you know, there we were thinking about like say the NBA explosion uh, in, of the 90s. So oh, we'll put uh, a half court in there because you know, mm-hmm. basketball courts, that feels like a New York thing as well. So mm-hmm. uh, then there's a rooftop 
uh, uh, background that's also in black and white. That's sort of an homage to the first uh, Turtles issue ever where they fight and uh, kill the Shredder at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to have like a, a references to that because we really like those. Uh, we thought it was important to uh, really like uh, salute and embrace like the origins of the Turtles. Mm-hmm. It, it felt very much like like the the wonderful homage even in name just to, to be mirage and to see the backgrounds uh and i got vibes of, of old school tmnt there but it felt even cooler to be able to combine it with like the palette of my choice and those palettes seem very intentional uh with their design can you talk about some of the eras of of tmnt that are represented by those color schemes uh well yeah yeah for sure uh to begin with like when the first trailer dropped, we were already seeing on, a, on our Discord and on social media, people already like taking the, the sprites and giving them different colors. Like mm-hmm. they would already say like, oh, this, I wish they had like the specific Turtles in Time colors or mm-hmm. uh, whichever cartoon they would like. So we thought, oh, well, that's something we, we should have thought of and that we should take on board um, for a, a future DLC if we make one. And so we started working on that, and yeah, it was trying to um, emulate like the colors of different cartoons, uh, some of the movies, some of the uh, toy lines that felt like really important to us, and also add cool stuff. Like there's one uh, palette where they're all green, which is uh, we, we internally call it liquid crystal teens, uh, but that might uh, rem- that might remind you of a. Uh, uh, of a handheld, a popular handheld console from the 90s. But of course, given that the game is playable on a, vari- a variety of platforms, we could not mm-hmm. call it that specific uh, palette. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, we we try to, again, in the spirit of wanting to represent everyone's fandom, like some of the uh, palettes are based on a specific animated series and uh, some are the action figures and um, some are from specific uh, comic book storylines. Mm-hmm. Is it tough to? Do you have to dance around the names of those here and there, like in creating it? Like, in my mind, as the amateur, I'm like, this is the 2003 series, or this is this series, that series. Uh, do you have to dance around that? I feel like we have to because then the message might be, oh, let's say the 2003 turtles are in there, but they're not the 2003 turtles. They're the uh, our version of the turtles, which are mostly the 87 turtles and they have a similar shading to them i feel like if it gets out that you're saying oh we have the 2003 turtles people will say they're not my uh my tall angular uh uh fellows that i love from that uh, cartoon so i feel like that's why we sort of have to dance around like these these proper terms so we leave it up to the fans to call whichever palette, the 2003 palettes or whatever. Gotcha. That makes so much more sense because in my mind, I was confused as to why we wouldn't, but then you would have, this is not a game about the 2003 turtles or the, yeah. uh, you know, rise of, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the movie versions and such. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Cause uh, it's something I saw, like there are palettes that reminded fans of the rise turtles. And some people were saying we're getting the rise turtles. And I'm like, mm. well, that's, if you think that, that's great, but that's not something we could say because they don't look like these turtles and they don't have the weapons that the 
the, the rice turtles do or their characterization in game. Like they would be different if they were mm -hmm. these characters. So that's, I feel like that's why we sort of dance around these terms. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Well, palette swaps were, were a big thing that I was genuinely really excited for. And like, I have my favorites early on and I love the homages to the different eras, but there's so much more in the, both the game update for, for players that don't have the DLC and the DLC itself um, that just get me really excited. And when I look at dimension shell shock, I see even more turtles, love and fandom Easter eggs galore. Um, but before we get to Easter eggs, you guys have added new characters yes. that we can play as. Uh, fan favorites, to be sure, and mm -hmm. definitely love letters to different eras of, of Turtle fandom there. Uh, yeah, we were really uh, happy about that. Like That was something that I was really looking forward to, like if we got to do DLC, uh, is adding new characters, because I could feel like people were happy for it, uh, were really wanted it. I feel like there's a action figure collecting uh, connection or mentality to uh, the game. So people, they want their action figures, they want their, their playable characters. Um, and one of my favorite parts of working on that game is working with the artists and figuring out how we create the characters and what attitude do we give them and what kind of moves do we give them and stuff like that. So. Getting to work uh, and creating new characters is something I was really, really looking forward to. And uh, it, it went uh, super great. And uh, like we were really happy uh, to have like Yuzagi and uh, Karai in there. So uh, Yusagi Yojimbo is a fan favorite. Fans will recognize him from his own series, but also kind of that fan crossover. Uh, how important was it to... Let me, let me rephrase that question. Was Usagi one of the fan requested ones, like the most fan requested? Because I see so much popularity for him. Uh, yeah, he was immediately like, uh, as soon as we announced Casey Jones, because before that it was Casey Jones and Usagi, but when it was announced that Casey Jones would be unlockable with the main game, people like were like, we want Usagi, we want Usagi, which is awesome because it's pretty funny because he's in two episodes of the 87 series. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's in a bunch of episodes of further series uh, and um, in 2003 and uh, 2012, I believe he's in a lot of episodes. But I think like like a lot of uh, people my age, like first met him as a toy first in the toy line uh, mm -hmm. where he had a different outfit. But we were like, oh, mm -hmm. it's, it's cool. And they're turtles. He's a rabbit. There's just something that's like. Uh, elemental that, that that fits so yeah a lot of people really wanted him and uh, we wanted him and uh, not long before the game came out uh, uh, Stan Sakai's team reached out to us and was like hey like if this could happen if it's possible if this could happen like we'd love it and so they, it was like a really a no-brainer for us to have Yuzagi in the game that's really cool I didn't know they reached out to you guys it's well, you know what? It's extremely flattering. First, uh, the Yuzagi comics, the made by Stan Sakai, are just like classics. They're just wonderful cartooning. They're just great samurai adventure stories. And mm -hmm. uh, they're just, I. It was really fun for me to like uh, jump into those to do some research for to get the character right. And uh, so to know that 
uh, uh, an artist on the level of uh, Stan Sakai goes, hey, maybe uh, let's be a part of that. Like that was really exciting. That has got to be exciting. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I feel like you guys gave uh, quite a bit of love to the character as well, from the move sets to the to the art style. And he's the only character with a double jump. Is that right? In, yeah. In this yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, one thing that we uh, wanted to do, especially like our game designers, like uh, Fred, who's like our main game designer, uh, he uh, and also the artist, because the artists uh, really take ownership of the game design through the movement and the animation. Uh, <laughs> is that they wanted to push forward sort of the um, the fighting styles or the fighting mechanics that we had invented for the game. So one thing I would say is that each of the turtles are different, but they're really accessible. They're mm -hmm. all really accessible uh, for playing. So they wanted to push it further with uh, the new character. So, okay, there was a decision of making Yuzagi more of an aerial fighter to sort of mix it up so not every character is the same and to mm -hmm. push forward uh, the type of gameplay you could have with a different character. So gotcha. that was the, the main idea for him. And same with, with Karai, who has different uh, capabilities. Karai was uh, such a welcome addition for me to get to see her. Uh, didn't appear in the 87 era TMNT, uh, but pretty well, well seen in the comics and, and in mm -hmm. other, you know, cartoon versions later on. Um, you got to create her, though, for your game, which is in the spirit of the, the 87 style. Yeah, that was sort of, a, a, a again, that's a really exciting, nerdy idea for me that we can take a character that was not, that's part of the turtle canon, but it was not in the 87 series and sort of make an 87 version of her. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was really, really cool uh, for us. Like, like uh, from what I, I gathered and researched and watched, um, she is part of, she, uh, she was in the 90s comics. Then she was in Tournament Fighter, which was also like interesting to us because she had sort of a, uh, fighting game, uh, classic video game uh, pedigree because of that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, she's such a strong character from the 2003 animated series that mm -hmm. for the following animated versions, there's always a Karai. And she's always sort of a twist or take on that 2003 version. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was like, oh, well, maybe we should try to create that version, but make her... 87 style like all and also her look like was like she looks like a a, a martial arts character mm -hmm. uh it's all it was also like um it could animate real well which is always something that we have to take uh, take into account like uh, her her big her costume in tournament fighter is pretty detailed so i don't mm -hmm. know like if we could have done that but so we thought okay the 2003 version looks cool maybe we can make a a version of her and you know give her some of her moves from tournament fighters because again that's really exciting and uh, uh so yeah that's what we did and uh, it seems like i am seeing the reaction like uh, from more than 24 hours since it came out and people are really liking yuzagi they're really liking her so uh we're pretty pleased with that i've i've been fortunate enough to play as both characters uh but when i jumped online and i had at, at one point all six roster slots uh, filled. I wasn't playing as either, 
but the people that I was playing with were very adept at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to see their versatility on full display. And it felt like they were uh, quite tactical. And her ultimate is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Her Dark Thunder, which is pretty badass. Like, again, that's one of her uh, classic moves. So we were really uh, uh, stoked to put that in the game and make it work. Given that Karai is related to Shredder, did you guys look at the abilities of Shredder? Uh, and tried to kind of mimic that on the playing side? Um, yeah, it sort of happened that way, but we really didn't have to because, you know, uh, Shredder in the classic Konami game does, already does have these electrical powers, mm-hmm. and Kurai in Tournament Fighter does have, like, the Dark Thunder electrical That's powers. Yeah. So it just... It's just a happy coincidence that for us, we just had to, we could have those like connect in a way, just a, a nice uh, happenstance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now new in this DLC as well is the survival mode, uh, mm-hmm. which you guys have put kind of a unique twist on. Uh, I don't know that I'm, I would call it roguelike elements, but like you added an option at the end of every level that can augment and change uh, the player's abilities or their playing experience. Would you talk to me about uh, kind of making survival mode unique to your game? Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, what started at first is that uh, playing the game and seeing the uh, fan feedback, a lot of fans, uh, they've enjoying it. They're, they enjoyed the game, but they're like, I wish it was longer. I wish there was more of it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wish there it was longer. That's That's a compliment in a mm-hmm. sense. So um, we thought, okay, maybe the the story mode and the arcade mode are the right are the right length. Like you don't want to beat them up to be too long, anyways. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to overstay. Uh, it's welcome, but we started to think about a, a, a new mode where you could have the same multiplayer uh, beat them up fun, but in a way that would be concentrated and maybe even more like jump in jump out so Mm -hmm. that's where the idea of the survival mode came true and then and from then uh, our game designer fred like started thinking about okay well if we introduce these elements that are that can become uh, strategies for the next round that uh, are goodies that allow you to transform or all these different stuff then you have something uh, cooking right there. So that was, we really wanted to recreate a different bubble for the people who want to keep playing the game, but maybe they want to sit down, play five or 10 minutes with, 10 minutes with friends, or they want to run through a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So that was like the main idea behind that. The concept of kind of gathering crystals as you go through as well, I think adds kind of a neat collectible element. And, in the proper arcade mode, leveling up your turtle is a big factor. Like leveling up mm-hmm. your character is a big factor. Um, and I took a lot of joy in, you know, working on my Splinter or working on my Casey or whatnot. Um, I feel like you guys have added that with survival mode as well. Uh, yeah. Also, I think uh, uh, one of our desire with that mode was maybe maybe someone like you just mentioned was not working on their Splinter. Maybe they mm-hmm. don't play with splinter or with casey or another character when they do when they go on the story mode so that way it was like oh people will get to play more of a different character and maybe they're gonna discover like a wrinkle in that character that makes them play it more in the future Mm -hmm. so it was a way again to uh, have people try to play all of it and uh, try to uh, uh, 
come back to the game and maybe rediscover some of the characters. You guys have added two new characters. You added multiple new levels, uh, some from Sakai's uh, art for Usagi uh, with Ido. Uh, you've got the Mirage level, the 8-bit level. You didn't stop there, though. Even in addition to the palette swaps, you also gave the ability for, for players to try out playing as the bosses, Bebop, Rocksteady, mm -hmm. Shredder, etc. Um, that, that has to be a bit of work as well to make those playable, yeah? Uh, yeah, well, uh, it was also like a, a fan request, like people really wanted uh, to play as Shredder, mm -hmm. but um, or even Bebop and Rocksteady. But the thing um, is that making these uh, characters playable would require a lot of work, but also the sprites are just too big to be in the story mm -hmm. mode. Like they, they, it wouldn't work with the way that the, the screens are designed and the way that the, the whole game world is made. But mm -hmm. in a single screen area, like we can have Bebop just kick a foot soldier across the screen, and mm -hmm. that could be really fun and satisfying. So we there was a bit of work uh, done to make them uh, uh, partially playable characters because there's a bunch of animations they don't really have. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really have uh, healing animations. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of these that they don't have. Uh, but we thought that it could be like a, a fun perk when you play the game. And also it becomes like an interesting strategy option when you play uh, the survival mode, because if you choose uh, a boss transformation first, it's randomized, but even then uh, you get like five or six uh, HP, uh, five yes. or six HP bar. So maybe you're low on energy during your run. Well, if you pick up Bebop or Rocksteady, then you have an extra five for a moment. And then maybe mm -hmm. you can... Uh, survive uh, uh, another round so again it's something that's fun but something that creates uh, a, a sort of a challenge or an extra puzzle piece uh, of a game mechanic i totally made use of that exact tactic uh low on health jumped in i, I think it was bebop or whatnot and i have to tell you my wife again who is not a gamer i know we talked prior to recording she, she's not a gamer when she was playing and helping me kind of test out the the local co-op when she started playing as Bebop, or, or maybe it was Rocksteady, uh, and hit that ultimate and just annihilated everybody, the shouts of glee were hilarious and fun. Look, they, they, Bebop and Rocksteady have, besides being defeated by the turtles, it feels like they have a blessed existence. They're not, <laughs> they're not really bothered by much in life. They just go around and throw their grenades and mm -hmm. or turn around and use their pistol. They're having mm -hmm. a good time. And uh, <laughs> it's a feeling that they can easily communicate to players when you play as them. Mm -hmm. So take, taking a step back and looking at the big picture, you have this game that, that launched into to subscription services. It's available in multiple places, a million plus selling, award winning. You dropped Dimension Shellshock DLC for... Uh, seven ninety nine on on multiple platforms with fan favorite uh, Easter eggs in there and and characters. This is a big title. This is a big title. What's the next step? And I know that's a tough question or loaded question, but is this a take a moment and catch your breath? Are you all looking to build and and head to sequel territory? Is it another project? Uh, right now, we don't we don't exactly know uh, what's going to happen. Uh, whether it's uh, a, a sequel or more DLC like that, there's nothing in the plans uh, for that now. Like mm -hmm. right now, we're getting like a uh, great reception. Uh, it seems like the sales are pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's something we have to take a step back and see what comes down and talk with our partners at Dot New and mm-hmm. see what happens next if we do more of it. Uh, if you ask me, me personally, I would love to do more of it. I have a list of characters I wish we could make as playables that I can. I can't. I could not wait to see our our artists animate and create the sprite for them mm-hmm. and animate the idols and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I would love it, but it's we're a whole team. It's mm-hmm. not just up to me. So uh, we'll see what happens. As for the tribute games itself, like. Uh, we're excited to uh, see what's next uh, project-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest and say that the game has made it that there's been interest and some people uh, knocked on our door and they have an interest. Have an interest. So will you do this? Uh, will you do a Shredder's Revenge for our characters or mm-hmm. our franchise? And depending on the characters or the franchise, that could be really, really interesting but that's still uh, all up in the air. Like we'll see what happens. But I, th- I would uh, 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 love to do it, and I feel like a lot of us are stoked to do it. But again, it, we'll see what makes sense for us, like as a company, because mm-hmm. uh, we're a small studio. And uh, one thing that I get, I feel like we've always done is everyone in the studio like moved in the same direction at the same time mm-hmm. because we're not like a super large company. So we'll see what will make sense for us next but if it's more turtles then it'll be more turtles i would love it if it's something else uh hopefully it's exciting so we'll see that's cool that's something to keep an eye on for sure because i know there are i would love to see more turtles or also other franchises i'd love the shredders revenge treatment uh it certainly feels like you have a formula with that for sure um yeah but i would say that the formula comes from uh uh sincere love so i i'm not sure that it can be replicate replicated with everything else though fair like in my own personal taste you put any north american comic book character in front of me like i can find that passion for it and i have Mm -hmm. it deep within my heart like for other franchises that a lot of people love like maybe i don't have or the rest of the studio doesn't have that passion. So maybe we could not recreate that. And that's something we keep in mind. Like if when stuff is suggested to us and people are approaching us with uh, other stuff, like it has to be something that we feel really uh, positive and passionate about because otherwise uh, we won't be able to reach like the standard that we created with Shredder's Revenge. Sure. Makes makes good sense. Um, we had a listener write in Anubis who was curious, and I feel like you might have danced into this a bit. Uh, what the most important addition to Dimension uh, Shell Shock was for you personally in this D- DLC, and uh, if there was a special uh, character addition that you would like to do or color change option that that is special to you personally. Well, first I want to answer with all respect to the Egyptian god of the dead. Uh, many greetings to Anubis. <laughs> Um, uh, well, really creating the new characters was really, uh, special to me, uh, especially like, uh, uh, figuring out like the, the characters and, uh, seeing like what, uh, personality would give them or how we express it to, at first the personality has to be expressed through animation and sprite. And then we get into voice, uh, actor recording sessions where we, where I get to write the lines and sort of direct 
uh, the actors doing it, which is always a lot of fun, but also looking for cameo characters uh, for the um, for the backgrounds. That was also a lot of fun. That's that's in my old nerd brain uh, that I was itching to use uh, again. Uh, in 1993, I bought like the three issues of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures source book. It's three issues. That's just characters and character profiles from the Adventures comics of the Turtles mm-hmm. back then. And I could not imagine that it would serve me so well in my professional life 20, uh, in fact, 30 years later, mm-hmm. but it did. Uh, so going to, oh, if we put Ninjara in the background, like that's mm-hmm. going to be really cool. Also, I knew that as soon as I'd see a Ninjara sprite, I would go, oh, Ninjara, you're great. And like, oh, no, people are going to think that maybe she's unlockable and you can play as her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to go to the Discord like, Ninjara is on the background only. You can't play her. You can't play her. But it's bringing those characters and seeing the artists uh, uh, making them and then seeing people like, react to them that was a lot of fun i think i got such a kick out of i'm pretty sure i saw zach the fifth turtle in the background i've not encountered him in game yet uh but in seeing like coverage and footage that made me so happy because as a kid i was like oh i could be a turtle i could be zach and that would be you know that was the coolest feeling yeah we were we we're like, oh man, we didn't find a way to put him in a base game, so we have to figure out a, a spot for him in the in the cameos for the DLC for sure. It's it's cool because you have so many Easter eggs here that like I find myself googling and looking up certain things. I'm like, who is that? That's for, and that's from a turtle fandom thing in this one-off random like comic uh, element. That's so, so much fun. Yeah, it's really like well back when I was like working on the base game, like I really went through deep dives. Like I remember finding, I, I remember finding a um, a sort of infomercial video about um, public transport, either in California, either in, in in LA or in San Francisco, that starred the Ninja Turtles. That starred like it was live action with with mascots. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was the only piece of media where the the, the, the classic animated voices re- reprise their roles outside of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's just this weird 12-minute thing where they're like, the subway is Mondo Tubular, dude. <laughs> and But there was a specific poster for one of the things that was like, oh, we should put that in our subway level. And... Uh, turns out we didn't because I think it it's probably copyrighted or something, so we couldn't put it in there. But yeah, I love putting that type of Easter eggs and uh, excavating visuals and ideas because, uh, well, they're fun as nerd candy, but mm-hmm. also they become uh, um, art suggestions for the artists. And the artists either uh, choose to put them in the backgrounds or within the game uh, if it fits for them or if they like it. So in the, it all starts at suggestions and some of them make it in, some of them don't. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's so cool. Uh, well, Yannick, I don't want to take uh, any more of your time today, but I'm so grateful uh, to you for one, taking the time today and two, for the amount of love that you and your team have poured into this because as a Turtles fan, uh, it, it's just been an absolute joy to to see all of this. And I know I'm going to be uh, in there for quite a while. Ah, well, uh, uh, it was my pleasure to uh, come back, Luke. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, I'm super uh, thrilled that people are also uh, enjoying it as much as we seem to uh, 
I've enjoyed making it. Again, that's the most gratifying thing from this whole project is that the, uh, the our our sincere feelings about the turtle are coming true. They're coming true the the work and people are enjoying it on the same wavelength. So that's really nice. Very cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it from us. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.